0: Hold on. Hold, on. Hold on, I'm going to merge the call. Hi, Diane. You both there? Hello, how are you? I'm good. Data, happy? Hey, yeah. Okay, awesome. It's actually dreary here Hello, as well. Data, <laughs> it was kind of chilly here last night. I think it's only 70 today. Oh, good. That's where the microphone is. Okay, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. Um, Let's start out in Psalm 119, verse 165. We're going to be talking about Yah's peace. And we might include another teaching in this, I don't know, this depends how long this is, but in the chaotic world, hectic, crazy, fear-driven, nutty governmental um, culture in which we live in, one thing that I want to share is just to use our faith and to believe for peace. And um, since I discovered and started believing to have received this scripture into my life because I realized I needed this more and more and more every day. You know, it's like all hell is broken loose. But nonetheless, um, Psalm 119, verse 165 says, Great peace, which is the Hebrew word for shalom, which also means wholeness, soundness, completeness, Part of the soundness would be of a sound mind. So great peace is to those who love your law. So that is the qualifier for us to have great peace in our life. And I know all of us meet that qualification. So he said, Great peace is to those who love your law. And then it says, Nothing can make you stumble. Now, that's not saying that nothing will try to make you stumble because the enemy's the thief. He's right. constantly attacking, he's constantly tempting, he's constantly doing whatever he can do to make you stumble, to make you give up, to make you back off on your confessions, on your declarations, on your prayers, your intercessions, your living Torah. He wants you to back off on it, even if it's just a little bit. Now, I wrote down something that helps me um, concerning what it said, great peace is to those who love your law. So I wrote this down. Great peace is to those who obey Yah's laws and commandments. So then I broke it down further. Great peace is to those who keep the Sabbath. Great peace is to those who live Torah. Great peace is to those who eat no unclean foods. Great peace is to those who will not touch anything that Yahweh says is unclean great peace is to those who honor his name great peace is to those who keeps his feasts and you can just go on from there you can just break down whatever Revelation You have of Torah like great peace is to those who have no idols or gods or images of you know the Elohims, the gods, whatever on them in their house, so on and so forth. So, here Yahweh promises great peace. To those who love your law. So, when I found this scripture, I was not experiencing great peace. I was in a battle, and you know, I was doing all the things I knew to do. But then I saw the scripture, and it said, Great peace is to those who love your law. And then it was like it settled. Not that the battle stopped, or the enemy stopped raging, or the enemy stopped um, Trying trying to attack, but I knew I had his peace. Let's look, and so what we want to look at for a little bit is scriptures about his law, And I'd encourage you to do a word study on Yah's law, His Torah, um, and combine it with the promise of great peace. So let's look in Psalm 119, verse 113. I'm sorry, what was that Mark? I was still writing. Verse one thirteen of chapter one nineteen, same chapter you're in. Okay. And you know, all I mean, everything about our culture, everything about the world system, everything we see on the media, everything we see on our news feeds is all trying to rob you of your peace. And is trying to influence you down the path that Satan wants the, the world to go down. And you and I just have to rise up and continue in your convictions and commitments to obey. Yah's law, His Torah, His instructions, regardless of what they say. Now, um, I didn't do a teaching to us, I don't think, but I did do it on Facebook about there is a mark or a sign for those in Yahweh, and there is a mark or a sign that HaSatan will place on those that are following him. And eventually that will lead to the mark of the beast. The only people that will take the mark of the beast at the very end are those that HaSatan has already marked as his, those that have already rejected um, Yah's Torah, Yah's laws, Yah's commandments, Yah's instructions, even if it's like they reject the Sabbath, they reject um, maybe their feast days, but they believe other things. They're kind of in the middle of the road. Well, they're still marked by Hasatan, that they are His. Because you're either 100% for Him, meaning Yahweh, or you're 100% against Him. Now, in our culture, that's not true. In our, Our culture says, you know, just be balanced. You know, well, that's not what the Scripture says. So, we just... You know, and the thing about those that are now participating in, yielding to, and are marked by Hasatan with the mark that says they are his, there is still hope for them because all they have to do is renounce him and reaccept. Yahshua and His laws and commandments and then start living accordingly. And if they do that, they will then be marked with the sign of Yahweh and His name written in their forehead. I think we talked about the sign of Yahweh last week, but we didn't get into really the sign of Hasatan. But anyways... So there is hope for those that have walked away. There is hope for those that have not heard. There is hope for them. But the bottom line is, your obedience marks you for Yahweh. A person's disobedience, and I don't mean, you know, you just mess up one time or two or three times, but I mean you out and out defy in our anti-Yahweh's laws and commandments, um, your disobedience is how you are marked for Yahweh. So it's like Yeshua said, you'll know them by their fruit. Anybody can say, Yahweh, JC, whatever, is my Master, my Savior. Anybody can say that. Anybody can say, I love the Sabbath. It's whether or not you're doing it. Uh-huh. And not that you're doing it out of have to, but you're doing it because you know it's right, you know it's Yah's law, and you, and you just want to. Uh-huh. Uh, Look in verse 113 of Psalm 119. Um, This isn't the total verse, but it says, I love your law. So the writer of Psalm 119, and when you read that whole chapter, um, he is constantly talking about Yah's law. He, He hungers for his law. He loves his law. He desires his law. He prays that Yahweh would keep him from sinning against his law. So it's all about the law. So when you love Yah's law, the benefit will be great peace. Now, don't ever think, if you go through a day or two or a week or whatever, where peace seems to be the last thing around you, um, I would look at whether or not you've, you know, stepped away from His law in some way, shape, fashion, or form. If so, just be repentant. But for someone that is law of Yahweh-minded, usually it's just going to be the attack of the enemy in some way, shape, fashion, or form. Now, let's go to John sixteen, and this is what Yahshua has promised and said. I hope everybody's week was good it was a uh it was a challenging week for us, but nonetheless. We are here, we are alive, we are overcomers, we have triumphed, and He has given us the victory. didn't seem like that a few times, but nonetheless, that's where you hold on to your confession. In John 16, 33, the Messiah says, These things I have spoken to you that in me, you might have peace. Now, then he goes on to say, in the world, in our society, we're going to have tribulation. But he says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So he he said, these things... I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. And again, peace, you and I receiving that peace in our life, is based upon our love and obedience for Yah's law. Um, You know, in Numbers 6, verse 26, it says where Yahweh will make his face shine upon you. Mm-hmm. He says and give you peace. Number 626. That is something you can decree and declare over you, over your children over your family, on a daily basis, that He will give you peace. Okay, the next one is in Psalm 85. Now, understand, the book of Psalms talks a lot about peace. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. Why? Because He's with you. But nonetheless, the Psalm, the book of Psalms and the writer of Psalms, David, um, he just did not live on the top of the mountain and lived in um, peaceful settings. He was constantly being attacked. He was constantly going through things. Now, some of the things he went through was because he broke Yah's law. But some of the things he went through was because he was righteous as well. But he says in verse 8 of Psalm 85, I will hear what Yahweh will speak For he will speak peace unto his people. So when you're going through difficult things, attacks, trying things, it says here that Yahweh will speak peace to to his people. You're his people. So... One of the things you and I should incorporate into our life is that we speak peace into each other. We speak peace, you know, when we know people are going through a battle, when they might be facing sickness or disease, or they got issues with their children, family, relationships, whatever. We need to know that we need to speak peace. The Yahweh says, I will hear what Yahweh will speak for He will speak peace unto His people. Like for right now, we know that tomorrow night sometime, unless Yahweh dissipates that hurricane that it's going to be a four and you can just imagine what many of those people who went through Katrina went through you can just imagine the stress, the anxiety, the fear so on and so forth that they will be facing and sometimes you're just too busy being, you know trying to do what you need to do to even stop and think about you know what's possibly coming but we need to speak peace into their lives especially into those that are of the Torah family yes. and that somehow some way Yah is going to protect them yes. that you know that storm will whip around their house like when charlie came through the house we we're living in not one little thing and this was a rental house and it was an older house and it was a cheaply made house not one thing happened to it not one shingle came off not one branch you know nothing and right next to us we watch shingles just come off like right and linda's off. linda's saying if you can't hear her, that right next to us the same owner my boss owned both properties we were watching shingles peel right off their house. Oh, wow. So? And a tree fell? And a tree fell. And, nothing. and But yeah, we'll make a way where there seems to be no way when you use your faith, when you speak to the mountain. And that's, that's all we knew at that time was to speak to the mountain. We didn't know about um, the Torah and all that at that time, but we knew... The message of faith and the speak against the storm. So on and so forth. Um, let's go to the ne- another verse. It's Isaiah 48 and verse 18. Isaiah 48 and verse 18. It says, oh, if you had listened to my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river. So right here, again, he connects peace and the law, the Torah, Yah's instructions, Yah's commandments, together. Great peace is to those who love your law, And nothing can make them stumble. And then he said, the prophet Isaiah was speaking to Israel, if you had only listened and obeyed the law, you would have peace like a river. Now, think about that. A river is constant. A river is constantly flowing. Even if that river got dammed up, that river is going to continually keep pushing on whatever's in its way to get it out of its way. So even if your peace gets damned up, Yah's Spirit's going to keep pushing against whatever that is to um, break it up. You got glare? Naked dude on top of that roof. Oh. Um... So anyways, let's look in one more really? it was very low. Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, well actually I got a couple more scriptures, whatever, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 18. Now we've all heard this phrase if you are led by the Spirit you are not under the law. We've all heard that and for the most part every time we heard that we were told that as a believer it is not necessary for you and I to obey The commandments or the Old Testament so on and so forth so they're saying that if you are led by Yah's spirit you're going to want to have nothing to do with quote unquote the law Paul was not under the law now if you look at Paul's life you and you read the scriptures about him one is Acts 24.14 where he said that he worshiped, um, he's talking to, to Jews, that he worshiped their fathers and he kept the Torah, kept the law. And there are other many scriptures that reveals that. So Paul was not under the law, yet he was still obedient to the law. In the scripture, being led by the Spirit is closely linked to careful obedience to Yah's law as a result of a changed heart. So, being led by the Spirit, when you're led by the Spirit, you are also obedient to Yah's law. And we can see that, remember, everything has to have a foundation from Torah. We can see that in Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. Ezekiel 36. So, contrary to what Christianity And Rome teaches that to be led by the Spirit, you have to be not um, obeying Yah's law. The scripture says something different. I know, I'm kind of confused on that last one. Yeah, it'll. I'll send you a. teaching and it really goes into depth about Paul and the law and it's very it it, it's just very good it's very long but it's well worth and it'll give you tons of stuff to study but in Ezekiel (coughs) He said that I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will put my spirit, that's Yah's spirit, in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So right here we see a connection that when you have and are led by Yah's Spirit, you're going to keep His laws. And that's totally opposite of what English translations and what we have been taught through Rome and Christianity Concerning being led by the Spirit. You are not under the law. Now, Paul was not under the law. And I don't really know how to explain that. He was not under the law. But he still kept Torah. Um... Keeping Yah's laws will bring about peace. In Romans chapter 10 verse 4 and this, this might help clarify part of what Diane mentioned. Romans chapter 10 4 most English Bibles that were translated from the Greek and the one thing we have to remember is that the people that have translated most of our English translations were influenced by Rome pagan sun god worship theology and so they translated it not according to what the Hebrew actually said, but according... They let their influences, their own personal belief structures of paganism influence what it said. And I'll show you this in this verse. Most translations says. For Messiah is the end of the law. But that word should have been translated goal. And there are other ver other places in the scripture where that same Greek word was translated from the Hebrew and it was translated goal. So Now our Bibles say for Messiah is the goal of the law. The The goal of the Torah. So that shines a different light on it. So when you are led by Yah's Spirit does not mean you are under the law or that You have a license to reject the law. But the Messiah is the goal of the law. And we know that Yahshua said that the law and the prophets would not end. Correct? Mm -hmm. That he came so that the law and the prophets would not be done away with. So we know that what Paul is saying in Galatians 5.18 cannot mean that when you are led by Yah's Spirit, you, don't, no, longer, you no longer need to obey the Torah. Because it doesn't, it doesn't line up. It also doesn't line up with other things Paul said about the Torah. Because he believed the Torah. He lived the Torah. So on and so forth. Okay, one more verse. Um, In Joshua 1.8 And this is about the law. It says and Moses is speaking to Joshua that you need to keep This book of the law. And then when you keep. This book of the law. There will be a result. There will be a benefit. And that benefit is to have good success. Whether that's in relationships. Or whatever area. You need to have success in. So. When you keep the law, great peace. And when you study everything the Scripture says, and these are just a few Scriptures, when you study everything the Scripture says about Yah's law from Genesis through Revelation, and you study it... um, In the context in which it was written, Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the law. Now, in the book of Acts, they tried to say that he wasn't keeping the law, and that's why he was on trial. And I don't remember the guy's name, but just he was the judge, say. The judge said, I find nothing that he has done wrong. He is still keeping Torah. He's still living according to the law. And the accusations that some religious leaders, because Paul wasn't keeping the oral commandments, the man-made oral commandments by the priests and rabbis, but he was keeping the Torah, the commandments by Yah. And the English translators, they put a spin on it to line up with everything that Roman Christianity is about. And that is anti-Messiah, anti-feast, Anti-Torah, when you you do research on a subject, especially in the New Testament, and you do it through an English Bible, the thing that you have to look at is, you have to find the context, and you have to know that 9 out of 10 times, they're going to bring an explanation that will be consistent with Rome's pagan belief structure. And so, you need to study that out as best you can through Hebraic roots, through, find out, like, okay, you take Galatians 5.18, it says, you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So people say that you don't have to keep the law. Where well, then you go back to the Torah and to the prophets, you'll find scriptures that say the opposite. So, we have, the foundation is always Torah. If um, If they say something that doesn't line up with Torah, and so much of what people teach from, quote-unquote, the New Testament is anti-Torah. That's because Rome, Greek, translation people were anti-feast, anti-Sabbath, anti-everything. They were anti-Jewish. So, and I hate to say this, you can't believe anything they say. You have to go back to the roots and find out what was really said. What was really the context. You know, and when you look at Yahshua and you look at Paul and Peter, all those, they kept the law. They kept the Torah. They obeyed the feast. We serve a Hebrew Elohim. So we have to go by Hebrew roots. Yenny just said we serve a Hebrew Elohim. And so we have to go by Hebrew roots. It's kind of like he he was Yahshua was Hebrew Jewish. He was the Hebrew Jewish Messiah. And English Rome translators have made him into this Western type of Messiah, which is totally opposite. But anyways, any thoughts on that? Any questions? Um, yeah, that, um, he, that we serve a Hebrew Jewish Messiah. What was the rest that Gennie said? Yeah. And we have to go back to the Hebrew roots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we you know when one of the things that um helped me when I first came to this was Yahshua was Hebraic. His parents were Hebrew. He lived in a Hebrew culture. His parents in the Every The whole society, the whole culture kept the feasts. Now, there were people in them that twisted them, tried to make it out for their own gain. Um, but nonetheless, they kept the Torah. They kept the Sabbath. They kept the feasts. And when I saw that, that just really helped me that he was Hebraic. And if he was Hebraic, he's not going to have a name like Jesus because that wasn't a Hebrew name. Today, if you went to Israel, you probably would find nobody with the name Jesus that was Hebraic. Unless he's Mexican and he went over there. Yeah, he said, unless he was Mexican and moved over there. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but that's true. And I did a teaching a, a few weeks ago about a Jamaican would not name his child the Russian name. Yeah. A African would not name his child the Hawaiian name. They just wouldn't do it unless they mixed. Unless what? They're mixed. Oh, unless they're mixed. Oh, you just funny, funny, <laughs> funny. <laughs> so when you understand that. Like for this scripture in Galatians, I never I knew what it said. I didn't totally comprehend it, so I just kind of put it on the shelf knowing I knew that the Torah was correct. I knew that the foundation is Torah. And I also knew that everything that was opposite of Torah which that the way that Scripture looks looks like it's saying you don't need to obey Torah. You don't need to obey His laws and commandments. But I knew that wasn't true. I didn't understand it. I just knew it wasn't true. I couldn't explain it. And I still might not be able to explain it the way I should but I will get there. And you will oh, get there. We're supposed to go by the Torah and not the Spirit. No, right? Torah and the Spirit. The Torah and the Spirit—they all work together as one. If you if you read in Ezekiel, he said that I'll put my Spirit in you, yeah, so that you can obey His laws and commandments. The Torah and okay. the Spirit. The Spirit will never tell you, like I've got a sister. And she says, you know, the Spirit said that they shouldn't, they should still have church on Sunday and not keep the Sabbath. There ain't no way. There just is no way that is of Yahweh because the Spirit and Yahweh would agree, just like anything you believe Yahshua is saying to you has to agree with the Torah. You know, it's like when people say, oh, they've met the love of their life. They are a Torah believer. The love of their life is not. But they believe that that person is the love of their life. Yet, Torah says not to do that. The Apostle Paul said not to do that. But yet, you think, or an individual would think, that it's okay? It's not. I contain him. You know, you have to. When it's the, the when it's Yahweh's spirit, it will agree with His laws and commandments. Bottom line. Any other questions or thoughts? Oh. That- me, but I'll study it. Yeah, just, it. just keep, you know, keep at it. I will send you that teaching. I think I might have put it on um, Facebook or whatever. Um, yeah, I think you did. And I also created this morning a a Yahweh Yeshua Assembly um, group that I'll yeah, put. I do- and so, and you want to invite people to it, whatever you know. Okay. It's sh- I just wanted it to be out there because I used to have one that was when we were church at the beach and stuff. But anyways, um, I've got a few other scriptures about being saved from Yah's wrath uh, okay. that is to come. If you want to go over it, if you feel like you guys have had enough, we'll just cut it short. Save. I'll take the scriptures. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 5 9. Saved from Yah's wrath. That is to come. The wrath. And see, this will kind of coincide with peace. Because in, in Luke, I believe it's chapter 22, or maybe it's chapter 21. It's when Yahshua was talking about the end times. And he said that... Well, let me, let me turn there. Luke chapter 21... And it's a verse that says um, men's hearts will fail them um, because of fear. Oh, I don't have it marked in this Bible. Men fainting from fear and expectation of things coming on the... What verse? All right, verse 26. Okay, verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun... And moon and stars and on the earth will be anxiety of nations. I mean, and that's exactly what's taking place right now. With bewilderment. Roaring of the sea, hurricanes. And of the surf. And then it says, men fainting from fear and expectation Of the things coming on the earth. So if you study that whole thing out. It's all about the end times. And men's hearts will fail. Because of fear. But when you and I are following his law. Obeying his law. Um, doing the things, living Torah, we can know that His peace will be there like a mighty river. We also, what we read in, in Psalm 119, verse um, 165, that great peace is to those that love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Even Yahs wrath being manifested in the last days will make you stumble if you continue, like Yahshua said, in my word or in my Torah. All right? So real quickly, first Thessalonians five nine. It says, for Yahweh has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our master Yahshua, the Messiah. Now the context of this is the end times. So the context says that Yahweh has not appointed us, us who? Us Torah keepers, us that's washed in the blood of the Lamb, us who love his feasts, who love his Sabbath, so on and so forth. And we have received salvation or deliverance by Yahshua. And then um, in Romans chapter one verse 18, it reveals who the wrath of Yahweh is for. Romans 1:18. It says, for the wrath of Yahweh is revealed from heaven against all wickedness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So this is talking, first off, about people and wickedness. So people that are heathen to a bo- to the bone will experience Yah's wrath. Then it talks about unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And this is people that have... It basically is describing um, churches. That have a mixture of paganism and truth. So it says that the wrath of Yahweh is revealed from heaven against these. All right. Because to suppress the truth, and verse nineteen says, "Because the thing known of Elohim is clearly known within them, for Yahweh revealed it to them." Okay, First Thessalonians one ten. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 It says even Yahshua which has delivered us from the wrath to come. Wait, you said 1 Thessalonians? Yep. First ten. 1.10 uh, It says you are witnesses. I don't know. I don't know. You're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. So, He has delivered us, even Yahshua, which has delivered us from the wrath to come. So, some people will say, all you got to do is be in JC and you're delivered from the wrath to come. But when you combine the whole context of Scriptures, He will deliver those that have accepted Him. And to accept Him is to accept His law, His commandments. Correct? (laughs) Okay, obeying and living Torah equals deliverance from the wrath that will come upon the earth. So basically, whatever the wrath of Yahweh is, and whenever it is, and however it manifests, And yes, it manifests today in different ways. You and I can have peace in the midst of chaos because we are in Yahshua and because we obey His laws and commandments. Because the promise in Psalm 119, 165 that peace came to those that love His law. Yahweh is not going to say that. And then, you know, ten generations later say, oh, you, don't know, you no longer have to uh, obey the law. You know, it's okay. Just as so you confess the name JC, you can now go do whatever you want. He didn't say that. And he doesn't mean that. Um, here's some other verses... If you look in First Thessalonians chapter one, verse nine, it says that they turned from serving idols to serving Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And you can actually read that in Acts chapter seventeen. So read that what whole was, whole chapter. That was first Thessalonians one nine? Correct. Okay. And then just read uh, Acts 17 and you will see that played out. So we see here that, like we've shared before, that Paul's addressing many people who were Gentile pagan worshipers who have, have accepted Yahshua. And when they accepted Yahshua, they automatically knew that Torah and the law is what they needed to keep. And you'll read in Acts 17 where they went to the synagogue. Acts 13 and verse 38, it says, Be it known through this man, which is Yahshua, is preached forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things all that believe what now christianity would say all you got to do is believe that jesus came he died crucified rose from the dead that's all you have to believe for salvation that don't make sense besides that doesn't line up with torah That doesn't line up with other scriptures. So what I perceive Paul is saying here when he said that being known through this man is preached forgiveness of sins by him all that believe he is referring to believing in Yahshua as well as the Torah. It's a combination of both. If you really think about it, you can't really believe in him if you're not obeying him. No. No. Yanni just said, um, you cannot believe in him without obeying him. That just makes I, sense. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time you could work at a place, a business, and continue to work there and disobey the, the boss? He may let one, two things, three, four things slide, but eventually he says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to deal with this. Okay, um, look in Ezekiel 25 and verse 17. So understand this, when you see the chaos going on and the world's trying to influence you with fear, Understand that Yah's wrath is only for the disobedient yes. who reject His Torah, they reject His salvation, and they reject His, his instructions. It's not for the Torah believer. Right. It's not for those that are living in righteousness. In Ezekiel 25:17, it says, I will execute great vengeance with wrathful rebukes, then they will know I am Yahweh. Okay, Isaiah 26 and verse 21. It says, Yahweh is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. Isaiah 26. 21. The earth will disclose the blood shed on it and will no more cover its slain. So it says here that Yahweh is coming out from His place to punish the inhabitants for their iniquity. And part of their iniquity are murders. And think about all the violence which includes abortion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Naaman chapter 1 verse 2 through 6 I'm running out of time on this one thing so I'm going to hurry up here Uh, it says Yahweh is a jealous avenging Elohim Yahweh is avenging and wrathful Yahweh takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies Naaman 1 verses 2 through 6. And then the last one is Revelation 19, 11 through 21. It basically says that Yahweh judges and makes war against pagan nations and He will rule them with a rod of iron. So, Yah's wrath is not for the righteous, and will not come against the righteous, but it will be for the wicked, those that have rejected Yahweh's laws and commandments. So, our prayer is that you would obey Yahweh's laws and commandments.